welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of Count Creepyhead and the Masters of Saturday Morning Monster Mashness. Today is our very special Masters of the Universe heavy episode because last weekend, <laughs> Masters of the Universe Revelations premiered on Netflix and it blew us all away. So we are going to be talking about it heavily this week along with lots of other Masters of the Universe news, reviews, you name it. There is going to be lots of fanboy love this episode. How's By it going, everybody? the power of creepy, I give the head! Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hold on, hold on. Take two. By the... By the power of creepy, I give the head. Yeah, no, there we go. There we go. Ah, yeah, that's better. That, that, that's more appropriate. Sounds better. <laughs> How... uh, do, doing good over here. How about you You guys? I can't complain. I'm tired as per usual, but, you know, coffee is being drunk as we speak, so I'll wake up. Mm, drunk coffee. Yeah, another day of five hours of sleep? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I was up editing late, and then, uh, yeah, I couldn't get to sleep after that. <laughs> You know, a little peek behind the curtain. I edit Count Creepyhead, and Mike edits um, Boogeyman's Closet. And when you're editing, you can see audio fingerprints, kind of like if you can picture a Geiger counter when people are talking. And if you stare at them too long, you start to see things. And um, I know that certain words look exactly the same from certain people. I can pick out uh mike's vocal footprint josh's vocal footprint and uh mike started seeing penises because he was <laughs> sleep deprived and uh that's a good indicator that you've been doing it a little too long i mean to be fair it is sleepaway camp too so seeing a random penis in the vocal footprint is kind of appropriate but it's, yeah it's sleepaway camp there's always a penis hiding somewhere yes <laughs> but yes i was definitely tired while editing so, you guys getting cool this week? I Mike, I actually didn't get much at all. Um, I know uh, Mike, you're probably going to be annoyed at this. I found yet more Fortnite stuff, super cheap. Uh, <laughs> this time it was the um, I forget the the name of the soldier, but it's the like Nutcracker Christmas themed one. Yeah, and the guy with the fish for a head. It's like a. Yeah. Uh, the two pack with all the little building material. I found it on the Amazon warehouse deals for eight bucks. And that's normally like a $30 set. So I was like, $8. I, yeah, I got to get that. And I mean, the package was absolutely destroyed when I got it, but everything inside was fine. So that's, that's the thing with warehouse deals. Like you're going to get a completely crushed and destroyed package, but they guarantee that the product is going to be, you know, put together. (laughs) And And it was so. I was burnt uh, twice by Amazon uh, warehouse finds because I bought Marvel Legends and the Build-A-Figure pieces pulled out and sent back. And they didn't know any better, so I got it, and I was like, come on. Um, 
so I only buy certain stuff. Uh, having said that, I saw very cheap uh, Fortnite stuff today, but I didn't buy it because I had bought too much other stuff. But we'll get to that when it's my turn. Josh, <laughs> you buy anything cool? Uh, I get not a ton, but I did grab a grab a few neat things. I grabbed the um, uh, what is it? The the Kingdom Transformers Kingdom uh, Scorponok. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's uh, the Beast Wars inspired Scorponok, and he's he's a fun stout little guy. I know I know I told you guys this, but I'm something about the design of the figure. I'm having a hard time not hearing Danny DeVito's voice come out of it. <laughs> uh, I think it's just that like the legs are a little stout, the chest is very wide, and the head is bald. So it's it's almost like a little Danny DeVito bot, and I picture him very much having the voice of Frank from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> I don't so, you know, know why. Every, every I once always... in a while pick him up and just wave him and be like, Tastes like it smells like she's nibbling on little pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> does he come with his toe knife? <laughs> I mean, he does. He's the scorpion, so he he does have like the the stinger tail that he could use as a toe I was always mad. I was a big fan of the Beast Wars cartoon. How unceremoniously Pterosaur and Scorpidoc are wiped out by just being tossed in some lava and never mentioned again on a TV show. <laughs> uh, I always liked how Pterosaur is sort of star screamy in the show, but they just get rid of them. Um, which always, it just cracked me up how I thought they're kind of cool and they maybe get like a transmetal treatment and they're like, nah, nah, they're gone. dead. Um, Pterosaur gets another figure, but he never comes back on the show. So, so, so I got that. I, and, um, the other thing I got, which I just got in the mail today, which was a surprise item, but <laughs> I've got to talk about it because it's wonderful. <laughs> is the let, let me grab the packaging so I so I don't mess up this name because this name is it's something special. It is the Power Machine War Hero Happy Party. <laughs> uh, it is a bootleg transfer, not a transformer. It is a transfer. That's as far as they got, and they gave up. Uh, transforming hamburger and it it is basically it's more complex than the old mcdonald's transforming food but it's it's basically like a larger slightly more complex version of that old mcdonald's transforming hamburger (laughs) i and mike mike sent it to me without any warning uh and what really threw me off is the packaging is the same size and style as a pop. (laughs) I didn't know that when I got it. So as I was opening it, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing like little hints of what it is. And it's just like, what, what weird knockoff pop is this? (laughs) And then I take it out and I'm, I'm greeted with the phrase. uh, Let me, let me again, just, to make sure I get it absolutely right, let me grab this here. Five happy men to wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And it's it, I I opened it and just uh, started laughing hysterically. But 
to be fair, it's actually a really well put together toy. <laughs> like it's it's absolutely cheesy. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know the the plastic definitely feels hollow, but it's fun because it's so ridiculous and there are just wonderful phrases on the packaging like dynamic food deformation robot (laughs) and it gives you instructions for all of the robots on the back of the box and at the end it gives the hamburger is ready the cake is ready the yogurt is ready the ice cream is ready the fries is ready (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's their great like action shots of the robots on the side that say, Happy Deformation Party Carnival! <laughs> oh, oh like, it's... like, where it's... did you find this? I, I happen to be scrolling through, like, random Transformers on Amazon. Like, sometimes, if you put in specifics, like Transformers Kingdom, uh, you'll only get half of what's out there. If you just put yeah. in Transformers, you'll get, like, everything that they carry that even resembles Transformers. So I was just doing that at work one day, just kind of mindlessly scrolling through between calls. And I, I wound up finding all these knockoffs. And as, <clears throat> as soon as I saw the burger one, I couldn't stop laughing. And I'm like, well, Josh needs this in its collection. <laughs> it was like one of those, like, it reminded me of a cross between the old McDonald's toys and food fighters. Yeah. Like, I I got to get this for him and I'm not going to say anything. Um <laughs> But yeah, I ordered it on a whim because I was, I was getting myself some stuff as well. And I ordered it on a whim. And then I get the uh, the shipping notification where it's like, you know, shipment that it's been sent out. And it was like, should be arriving in one week or September. And I'm like, <laughs> Wait, what? And this was like in like early June. So I'm like, oh, man, I got to wait that long for my joke. <laughs> like, so I just tried to stay as quiet as possible about it. Oh, well, bravo, sir, because it is, this is, it's something special. (laughs) I almost, I almost got you the cheap knockoff elephant transformer, but this one made me laugh more, so. Oh, God, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) This brought back so many, like, one, there were food formers, that's what they were called at McDonald's, right? Yes. I think so, yeah. Those are the greatest Happy Meal toy of all time. Oh, God, yeah. And, like, bring them back. Please, I the only thing that used to bug me as a kid, I don't care about it now, but I used to hate that either they had arms or legs, not both. Yes. And the only one that had both was the French fries, and I never got them. Um, and this also reminded me of, like, you don't see them much anymore, but those pre-made Easter baskets that you could find at, like, Kmart and, like, oh, yeah. Lots, and yeah. they always have bootleg Transformers inside of them. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is an awesome bootleg but it's not a bootleg, but it's just it gave me that vibe of like everything in the packaging is going to be misspelled and it's going to vaguely look like Starscream or something. Yeah. Or it, it was always <laughs> Devastator. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just saw that. And I was like, oh, wow. And you get like really bad candy and like a basketball. So, you know, a- I I had a bunch of those like knockoff Transformer, GoBot, you know, random, really cheap toys in the 80s. And a lot of them were really fun. Like, there was one in particular I had that was a bulldozer. And literally how he transformed was you just 
put his arms down by his side and bent him in half and then flipped his feet up and he was a bulldozer. Like, yeah, that sounds was, right. Yeah. It was super cheap. But there was something, it was three and three-fourth inch. And I remember, I want to say my aunt gave him to me for my birthday one year. And it was just a really fun toy. And I, I had that thing for years. But I had a bunch of them. I had a little battleship that just kind of split in half and became a robot. <laughs> It was just, I, you know, I think you sent me a knockoff version of that. The that's Battleship like, one? That's out at dollar stores now. Yeah, that's actually why I grabbed that, because I'm like, oh, man, I remember having something very similar to this in the 80s. But yeah, because I, I have that one, too. I, I, as soon as I saw him at Dollar Tree, I'm like, I need this. <laughs> that's, man, I got to start going to dollar stores again looking for bootleg Transformers. Those are always fun. All the ones I had as a kid bootleg or otherwise my transformers were always like i'm a car stand me up the robots on the bottom transformed <laughs> you know like exactly okay which one is what cat is that josh that's vincent hi vincent <laughs> come on vincent come on he's just gonna sit there and stare and probably okay. yell a few more times give him some scratches uh anything else josh uh no, no, it was a it was a pretty light week. Everything else was uh, pretty incidental and you know home stuff. So my one, I was gonna go back to stuff that I've opened up. Like I opened up the Plasma series Ghostbusters figures. I finally completed the set. I found um, Sigourney Weaver and Gozer at Target for five bucks. I was like waiting nice. for make it super cheap. And I had the main four Ghostbusters, but I haven't opened them to build the Terror Dog. So I finally got around to it. They're really cool, but I don't know why I have them. Like, I don't make the connection in my mind of, like, Ghostbusters and collectibles. I'm not one of those people that loves Ghostbusters to the point where I have to, like, have them all. Having said that, I have a Loyal Subject Slimer and a Playmobil Stay Puff mm-hmm. to kind of fill out the display because they're never going to make a Slimer for that line. I think they're done. And I do love series. that that uh, Playmobil Stay Puff. It's it's very it's you don't need anything special Stay Puff. I don't need them to be two feet tall. It's perfect. It fits in the display nicely. It's a little bit bigger than everything else, so I have no complaints. All the likenesses are pretty good. I don't need them to have crazy Marvel Legends articulation, but they have it. So you know Ernie Hudson can pose like Spider Man now, you know, <laughs> because he needed to. <laughs> I, I mean, he's probably not unhappy about that. <laughs> I, you know, this is a complete aside, but Ernie Hudson is such an unappreciated actor. I love him to death. Anytime he pops up, I'm so happy. He was on, there's a TV show my wife loved called Secret Life of the American Teenager. It was on the uh, Family Channel. Ernie Hudson was on it. And anytime he popped up, I was like, it's Ernie Hudson. And <laughs> like, my wife was just like, who? And I'm like, Come on, he was in Leviathan, Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, and she was just like, he's just the guy on Secret Life of an American Teenager. But um, He was also the uh, voice of the uh, human government liaison in Transformers Prime. Oh. Hey, man, Ernie Hudson's Ernie Hudson. I think he got an unfair shake in the movie. He should have uh, got more, and the cameo he had in the last Ghostbusters movie was horrible. Um, yeah. 
So I got those. I bought a long time ago a Nintendo Switch as a like gift to my daughter to kind of get her into video games because we don't really relate that much. She's a little girl. I'm a guy. Like she plays with the toys. She knows the monster stuff. But she's more about girly stuff like arts and crafts. So I was like, hey, we can play video games together. What better system than Nintendo Switch? Um, so we hooked it up. I got a bunch of kid-friendly games. She likes it, but she's not obsessed with it yet. So I just I don't know if it's going to stick the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. But I got to play with it. And holy hell, is it awesome to like right. play Zelda again. Like I got Link's Awakening. Like oh, classics. It's so good. Classic style Zelda. And the ability to take it anywhere in the house because you can just take the Switch with you. So like just laying on the couch, playing Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. And I haven't touched the game in 35 years, give or take, uh, was nuts. I was just like, oh, my God, this is great. And I absolutely I, loved that game. Um, and I paid for the online service to get access to the classic Nintendo Super Nintendo titles. Um, so I bought it for my daughter, but I think it's probably really for me. Um, like, she, I got her just dance and she hasn't even tried it yet. <laughs> so. I, I got to admit, my, my son and my wife actually both love the Just Dance games. Uh, now, I play some rhythm games. I've mentioned Beat Saber on here before. Like, I, I addictively play that. But uh, they, I, they'll they go to town on those freaking Just Dance games. Like, I get tired watching them. <laughs> I think my daughter will once she realizes what it is. I don't think she's, like, ready yet. And she's not good enough at video games where she's, like challenge to the point where she wants to keep playing Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so i think just dance you can just jump right into it you're not like where do i go with yoshi next like it's not that learning it's not that complicated um because there there aren't good games for five-year-olds that are super easy that are fun so like the mario games are a little bit difficult and she's not quite there yet um so i hope she gets back into it there is a yoshi game i forget the name of it but it's yeah, a it's yeah. a switch game uh, specifically. We it. Okay, Yoshi's yeah. Crafted World. That's the only game she played. Yeah. She played it for about two hours with my wife, and her hand hurt because she's never mm. played video games that long before. So she was like, "My thumbs hurt." <laughs> and I, was, I was trying to like I was trying to explain to her like, "You got those video game muscles, kid." <laughs> um, gotta build up them calluses. Yeah, you gotta get those thumb muscles that you don't have yet. <laughs> so yeah, that's very cool, and I. Probably spent too much money on it. I got the extra controllers and the chargers and everything. So very cool. Um, and I was telling Josh before you came on, I got a little kiss on the cheek today from the clearance fairy. And I found some amazing stuff. Um, I found clearance raw 10 stuff, but you guys didn't get back to me in time. So I left <laughs> it behind. Um, but I found the shark and... Um, the snake for like the snake was three and the shark was 10 nice but i was like ah, i'm not gonna buy it and have to ship it if i give it away in a contest if mike doesn't want it because it's too big yeah you know it was just like ah, so i left it behind um what did i get for myself they had the mission fleet star wars stuff so i got the mandalorian and baby yoda on his speeder bike for three bucks. Oh, wow. Like, I don't want this, but for three bucks, I want it. 
um, just to open it up and play with it. I got four of the retro style Marvel Legends in the three and three quarter scale. So I got Iceman, Daredevil, Electra, and Captain America. Uh, just because I was like, for four bucks, oh my god, I got to get these. Um, and then everything else I got were giveaways for the show. So I won't spill the beans yet on what I got. But for this week's first contest reveal, I'm going to reveal one of the things that I picked up. And then I'll tell you off the air so it's not recording everything else that I've grabbed. But It's a monkey! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got bubbles for real. I found a chimpanzee at Walmart, baby. Right next <laughs> oh, to the fish shit. tanks. Um, so, yeah. For the first time in a long time, I got a lot of crap. And I'm slowly working my way to saving enough money to buy Galactus. So if I can get there by the middle of August, I'll probably get them. Because um, it looks like they're going to hit their stretch goals pretty easily. I'm in the process of trying to sell some of my VHS tapes. Um, but doing that is very, very complicated. Because VHS, to lip, VHS tape collectors, much like vinyl record collectors, are very, very particular about everything. So I have a tape. I, you know, I know it's worth money, but the label on the tape, the sticker, isn't exactly the way people like it. Or it's like, wait a second, this is the third printing of Sorority Babes in the Dance Town of Death. I wanted the second printing. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and I'm never ready for it. Sometimes people are like, take my money, give it to me right now. And then other times people are like, well... There's different versions where Tom Savini is listed before uh, Ron Perlman and then vice versa. I need this one. I need the Canadian Embassy big box release. You have the Nova Scotian big box, like whatever. It's so bonkers. Um, but I'm trying to sell these on Facebook so I don't have to pay eBay fees, which will the more money you spend or the more money I make on eBay, the bigger the fee I have to pay. Yeah. Yep. So. Not a big fan of that when it comes to these like high end sales of VHS tapes. Um, the only other thing that I got that I kind of want to mention is I got a subscription to Audible because I have oh, nice. a lot of drive time for the next few weeks. And I got some audiobooks, one of them being Swan Song. Somebody recommended it as a great, oh. uh, like a post apocalyptic novel in the vein of the shining but that, i had uh dan simmons yeah i think so um that's a great book too much kid trauma i noped out oh dude I, I, yes there is a lot of kid drama <laughs> I, I will give you that but it is i i read that back in high school and actually listened to the audible version just a couple of years ago and it's it's such a good story it's very very similar to the stand I, uh, similar to the point where I was like, come on, but, uh, I got to like the third time in the novels about, I want to say a quarter of the way through it where there was like specifically a dead little girl. And I was like, nope, I'm yeah. done. Thank you. But there has been no entertainment value in this and I am like 12 hours in. So I was like, forget it. Oh, uh, wow. So I, I, it's rare that I kind of put a book down, but it was too much for me. Have, being a father of a little girl, I don't want to hear that anymore. Uh, oh, so 
I downloaded Knights of the Living Dead, which is the unofficial third book in the Book of the Dead trilogy, which was in the 80s. There was uh, two Splatterpunk books that were set in George Romero's universe, and it was a collection of short stories. And, like Stephen King wrote stuff, Clive Barker, um, David Shaw, like great authors. They did a third one this time um, that came out right around the time of George Romero's passing. And uh, some of them are good, some of them are bad, but it's kind of funny that uh, of all these collections, John Russo is the one that gets it right and knows what he's doing, despite my very vocal criticism of him as a director and a creative. His zombie stuff is really good because uh, some people might want to go off the beaten path and have like zombie tigers or ghosts. Or, like, let's explain it with aliens. Let's do all kinds of crazy stuff. And John Russo sticks to what works, and he does it very well. And he doesn't do crazy preachers with talking dogs or anything like he does in his movies, thank God. (laughs) But that is my zombie meander. I just wanted to get out there before I lost my thought. So this week, we got some actual honest-to-God sponsorships from toy companies so there is a media firm you can join and they'll connect you with sponsors so i say hey we're a toy podcast and they're like great here is a pool of available people that we have pick who you want we'll play the ads if you sell toys based on that you guys get a little kickback so what we got our sponsors this week are some actual pretty big name brand toy companies so Sit back, relax, and enjoy our first professional commercials from our sponsors. Almost new from NECA. Coming soon to a toy store near you if you can find it. Just after the NECA rep stocks the shed, all new R.J. McCready. He looks exactly the same as the last figure because he is. Except this time he includes a little piece of wire. A little piece of plastic that's supposed to be a petri dish and a flamethrower that should have been included all along. But they needed it to milk it out for another release. Look for it on the shelves. You probably won't find it. The almost new R.J. McCready from NECA. Wow. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited for these almost new releases from NECA because they've got some really good stuff I already have. But I really want to buy it again. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really excited about buying, what, three, four different King Kongs just to get all the accessories. Well, what I'm going to do is buy three or four different King Kongs to get all the accessories and then buy the ultimate, ultimate King Kong that has all the accessories packed in again, plus one new accessory because I'm a sucker. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I mean, why not? I already did it with the Pennywise figure, so, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, NECA. Side note I, on that RJ McCready figure that's coming out. Every time I see the picture on Toy Arc, I hear the gambler playing through my head. Just that <laughs> the look on his face. Like, you got an old window. <laughs> like, that just pops into my head every single time. Uh, you know, I, I really I really did almost want to call out Randy earlier today on Twitter because... He told someone that the 
head sculpt with the hair in the new McCready is an all new head sculpt. And it's not an all new head sculpt. It's the hooded head sculpt from the first release with the hair from the non hooded head sculpt from the first release. Mashing two things together doesn't make it new. Well, he went to the school of Todd McFarlane. <laughs> and, you know, while I appreciate it, it's a new look. Uh, he said it was a new head. And it is not. So shame <laughs> on you, Randy. Well, to Randy, it's a new head. That being um, said, putting the hair on that hooded head does not make it look any more like Kurt Russell. Yeah. No. Well, I am convinced now that they do not have Kurt Russell's likeness. I am 100% convinced, and I will tell you why. In today's news, are you guys ready? Oh, I'm yeah. ready. So NECA, in a trolling kind of way, decided that they're going to give us more news after Comic-Con is over. The news that we kind of wanted to begin with. So they showed off some new reveals. For whatever reason, they didn't feel the need to show these at Comic-Con. One of them is Hooper's head from Jaws, sculpted. And holy moly, it looks exactly like Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, I don't really know why does. that sculptor can't put his talents towards R.J. McCready. The only thing I could think of is that Kurt Russell didn't want to play ball for whatever reason. Because that's spot on. Even if it was messed up in the mold process, there is no doubt it's Hooper. Right. You look at it, you know exactly who it is. McCready looks like every 80s country music star ever but does not look like kurt russell and then you've got the the tease from mondo yes that's what i was their, gonna say for their sixth scale mccready which just from the tease alone is point blank kurt russell yes so i don't know what's going on i'm not gonna buy it i don't care how bad i want that blood petri dish they're not getting my money for McCready because it's not McCready. It looks like garbage. You know, I uh-huh. got the first one. I enjoyed it. My main complaint is the fact that it didn't, you know, have a flamethrower. Uh, I'm not paying $30 for a flamethrower and a Petri dish. No. No. So, sorry, NECA, but you can keep it. I don't want it. They showed off the next two releases from the Guardians of the Universe line. Um, with the less popular characters whose names, I don't know. I just realized that I got the news ready and I didn't prepare for it. Uh, Mandrake, the magician and Lothar, which are kind of steps up from the previous releases with a little bit more articulation. They look pretty cool, but I don't know people who are huge fans of guard or defenders of the earth. So, Uh, once you get past the Phantom and Flash Gordon, honestly, I don't know people who collect the line, read the comics, buy the material, but I guess somebody somewhere at NECA is a big fan. So that's happening. Um, they showed off new pictures of the Wolfman figure that's coming out, and they look much better. So any kind of concerns you had that it looked a little weird, I think it was just bad painting or bad lighting in the picture because it looks like Wolfman now. It's pretty spot on. The other final thing that popped up on Twitter is a Gremlins accessory pack that's coming out that has 
a little teeny tiny gizmo, eggs, accessories for the gremlins, like a ski mask, uh, jazzercise boots that was supposed to come out with a, they try to do a like crowdfunded mystery crate for gremlins about a year ago. And the price is yeah. like 50 bucks to get a gremlin with some like socks from like a, <laughs> a quick side gag in the movie where it's like jazzercising. Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't say if you're going to get a t-shirt an air freshener, anything else with it, or you're paying $50 for a gremlin with some socks. Uh, so nobody did it and they blame the fans. And now that's coming out in an accessory pack with some eggs, uh, gizmo in the Barbie car gizmo by himself so it's like a better to scale gizmo maybe i don't know it's pretty cool because that gremlins one gizmo that they've never updated looks really weird he looks like a bobblehead kind of um you know i i like that figure a lot but i i recently you know cleaned and reorganized all my figures and among them was the gizmo who i had to take down and i have always had an issue with his eyes I can't ever, like, it always takes me more time than it should to make it look like his eyes are both looking in the same direction. Yeah. Now, is that the one where the they got, that's, like, the movable eye thing? That's Gremlins yeah. 2, Gizmo. Oh, is it? Yeah. And they all have, all the Mogwais have the Google Eye feature where you can move a button in the back of their head and make them look in different directions. Um and even if you get it right, chances are it won't stay that way. So it's a little weird. I kind of just gave up and trying to get them to sit right. And I have them looking up or down. And usually you can't tell that they've got, like, lazy eye syndrome. Yeah, he totally does. I've honestly always thought articulated eyes were a weird feature for any toy. Like, I mean, I get the appeal, but it just, it, I don't know. It always seemed like a weird choice to me. Yeah, they tried the it. Only... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, the only one that I'm, like, really okay with it on um, are the ones, the ones, like, uh, they're Coraline, which is more like a replica of a stop-motion puppet. Right. Um, but on, on that, like, you can take it off and reposition the eyes, and it works really well. But it's also, you have to remove the faceplate and position the eyes individually. Yeah. Right. Those work for me way better. I agree. Um, Okay, so outside of NECA, the other tail end news that leaked out of Comic-Con that we didn't get to last week, Jada Toys, who we've mentioned before, are doing some kind of budget-friendly Universal Monster stuff, announced they're doing Frankenberry and Count Chocula figures. Um. They look cool, but the designs of the characters kind of lend themselves to spindly arms and legs, but big bodies and heads. Um, So Jada's heart's in the right place, but they gave them a lot of articulation that I think might backfire on them if they have heavy bodies with, like, ball ankles, double knees, ball-jointed hips. I think the figures are just going to crumble if you try to stand them. Um, But, hey, if you're a fan of the cereal I am, it might be worth getting. And know. the packaging for it is really, really cool. They they're packaged like they're in you know cereal boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Um, I'm thinking that these might have been better off as like a pre-posed vinyl, but uh, who am I to say? 
something that kind of snuck under the radar that is super super awesome mattel did all of their reveals um except for masters universe stuff for comic-con so they have their wwe hollywood line the first wave of figures was the rock john cena and roddy piper from they live they showed off roddy piper and he actually looks really cool um yeah these are coming to Walmart for sure. I am not. Yeah, they're Walmart exclusives. Um, so Jerry Nada looks pretty sweet. Wave two has the rock as a Scorpion King. Um, there is a previous rock as a Scorpion King figure from Jack's toys. When they did the wrestling figures, he looks like garbage. This one looks a little better. But again, I don't know anybody that's like, I've got to have the Scorpion King. Um <laughs> Roman Reigns from Hobbs and Shaw, which, again, nobody cares about. But this one caught me off guard. And it might be one of my favorite reveals of Comic-Con. Andre the Giant as Bionic Bigfoot from the $6 million man. I did see that, yes. It's awesome. He's got a big furry outfit. He looks insane. Like, they pulled out all the stops. And I think a lot of people are going to be like, why do I want this? This is stupid. But as a kid who watched uh, Million Dollar Man growing up, the Six Million Dollar Man, this is really cool. And I never had the clunky uh, previous Bionic Bigfoot figure that came out. So that's awesome to me. Um, What else? uh, Mattel showed off the new Mosquito images. Wave 2 of... The Masters Universe Revelations, which is Tila, Spike Or, Man at Arms, and help me out, guys. Uh, Beastman. Beastman, yes. Those are coming out later this year, and I think it's a better wave than the first wave. I think all of the characters are home runs in this wave. Uh, You can maybe say that Man at Arms might need an accessory or two more, but with the track record that Mattel's been having... There's probably a deluxe man at arms coming out with extra stuff that you have to pay another ten dollars for. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Probably have um, the head with his mask plate down, you know. Yeah, or like a full beard. I kind of like him that way. Yeah. As compared to his Mike Hager mustache that he's got going on. Um <laughs> But to me I've always preferred man at arms with like an arm cannon. Uh on the show he gets like a bazooka. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always making really cool, deadly weapons. So um, I think it's pretty sweet. Uh, Mattel showed off the final wave of their Masters Universe WWE figures. And it's a repaint of Rey Mysterio. China as Shira, which is kind of questionable because China had some uh, odd acting roles to her credit. Yeah. And <laughs> this is true. What was the last one? It's slipping my mind. Um, Somebody has trap jaw. I forget who. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, Cold Steve Austin as Austin. the bionic redneck with trap jaw parts, basically. Yes. It's the same Steve Austin that came with Snake Mountain, but now he has trap jaw's arm and trap jaw's jaw. Uh, there was a fourth figure that was supposed to be in the wave of the big show, but he left the WWE and they don't have a contract to release merchandise with his likeness now. Uh, that was going to be using the Andre the Giant body. Really? Yes. That would uh, be cool. Anytime a wrestler 
not at, like most of the time if they leave to another company if they don't have a contract they take their that's called a legends contract which is a merchandising contract with the wwe which then translates to mattel they pick from that to make their toys from big show left the wwe went to aew and they could no longer make toys of him it happened to sting as well when he jumped ship to uh greener pastures they had to pull all of his merchandise and throw extra john cena's out there to fill in the hole um although they are they are quickly replacing masters of the wwe yes with wwe superstars which is paying image to like paying image paying homage to rock and wrestling style figures um so they've showed off Ric Flair, Honky Tonk Man, Bray Wyatt as a completely made-up character, like how he would look in the 80s, and Hulk Hogan in his NWO gear. Instead of having crazy Master Universe-style weapons now, they're just straight-up wrestling figures. With, uh, but apparently they all include soft goods ringside costumes. Yes, they have removable clothes. But they still play with the Masters of the Universe figures. They're just they don't have like spike gauntlets now. Yeah, they still so, have, they have the exact same body body part style. Like I don't know about you guys, but Ric Flair could ride Battle Cat for me anytime. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm unquestionably unquestionably getting Ric Flair and Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, if you want a little Elvis to play in your Masters of the Universe display, get Honky Tonk Man. He's plus be that awesome. guitar. Yes. Like just just think of like Trapjaw sitting and strumming the guitar around the, <laughs> the fires of Snake Mountain. Um, so the Wave Two Masterverse figures, uh, Tila's all brand new with her kind of cool gadgets around the show. Spike Orr is straight up classic Spike Orr. Almost nothing new about him. Uh, Man at Arms is pretty much same thing. Classic Man at Arms. With the new animation style, and Beastman is another big departure for his character design. As he is in the show, he's more barbaric, savage. He's kind of like a Viking. And I'm uh, I'm sure we will get to. Well, I'll I'll wait to explain this until a little later on. But I said this to Mike, and I've got to say it again. The only problem I have with that Spike or figure is, as of right now, with just those first five episodes that are out, that Spike or figure is a lie. Yes. <laughs> That's not Spike or Very inaccurate. Although uh, I, guess I don't have excited the, for the figure. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't have the classic Spike or so I'm I'm really psyched for this one. Um, this is this is a little off the beaten path. because uh, I, I know we haven't really talked about Lego, but I don't know if you guys saw that the new Lego CMF series info just dropped today. Spill beans. And it's this is a really, really big deal because despite the fact that Lego has both Marvel and DC as a license, uh, they officially now have both Marvel and DC minifigure series. Oh. So this first this first miniseries is based entirely on the Disney Plus stuff. Uh, and it looks uh, I'm I'm gonna have to get some of these for sure. So we've got um, White Vision, Wanda, or very specifically Scarlet Witch Wanda, uh, Sam as Captain America with the wings, 
Bucky with Cap's shield. And this is... Uh, oh, wait. There's uh, Monica Rambeau in her uh, photon outfit. Nice. Uh, TVA Loki in his little suit with Lego Frog Thor. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's needed. Sylvie with Lego Croc Loki. Uh, <laughs> that's also needed. And and here's where it gets really interesting because the rest of the figures, uh, the other five figures here are from the What If series. So we've got Captain America slash Captain Britain, Peggy Carter. Uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord. Gamora as Thanos. Peter Parker as Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. And zombie Captain America. Oh, man. (laughs) And zombie Cap looks really fun. This is wow. uh, I'm I'm impressed. This is a solid CMF series. That sounds oh, really good. You know, I have dodged the Lego Bullet for so long with those blind bag minifigures. Um, they've done DC stuff for like the Lego Batman movie. I but, love those figures. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to have Lego Zombie Captain America. Oh man. <laughs> so then the nice thing about it is I'm I'm really good at figuring out what piece you need to feel for. Yeah. That that is very true. I remember when the Lego Batman movie was out and there were very specific ones that I wanted. Um I asked you I'm like, "Okay, I want this figure this and I just kind of like gave you a list and you sat there poking and prodding the packages <laughs> until you found all the ones I wanted." So that was it, an invaluable uh skill. And it looks like uh, Zombie Cap is the only one to come with the uh, smooth Cap-style helmet. So if you feel the Cap shield and the Cap-style helmet in the packaging, that's your Zombie Cap. I just, I hate, I don't want to be the guy who's in front of the Lego display squeezing all the bags. (laughs) Oh, I don't even (laughs) care. You know? I was going to say, I I still try. Um, the, the, The blind, the, like, Lego... I don't even know what you call them. The, the ones that are their own characters. Is it just Lego City or Lego Creations? or uh, They're just the Lego minifigures. Okay, yeah. The, the regular Lego minifigures. The ones that come with the bigger accessories are easy to find, like, figure out. Um, Shark head. Right. Yeah, the, the giraffe head dude. And, like, like, those were all really easy to find. But there were a few that I really wanted, like the one, the uh, Aztec Warrior. And that took me a while to to feel out. I'm sitting there with the packages, just squeezing them. I was looking at his weapon, trying to get that. And eventually I did find it. But that that's a good figure. Man, yeah, the, the deco on that minifigure is great. Oh, it really is. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not a huge Lego collector, but some of the minifigures are just really nice pieces. And, you know, for a couple of bucks, it's like, eh, why not? This This will look good on a shelf. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those, like, well, I want to buy something. What am I going to get? What am I going to get? And that's, I'm going to get a Lego. Hopefully this is the end of the Lego zombie stuff because, oh, man, that'll get out of hand. I got out of hand with Legos for a few years, but I just couldn't afford to keep up. 
Um, I kept buying like all the Lord of the Rings sets and the monster sets. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out about 10 years ago, but my daughter's got them all now. So, so I think, uh, both Josh and I went a little, uh, overboard with the mega constructs back then, uh, mega blocks, um, the call of duty zombies. Oh yes. <laughs> yep. I, I got the, uh, the barn set and, um, a bunch freaking of love that set. Oh my God. I, and like, this is one of those times that I had just a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of fun playing with toys i had the the lego barns or the mega blocks barn set up and i at this point i had maybe about 15 16 uh, of the mega block zombies so i had a nice little horde and i had a handful of the uh call of duty soldiers and i had this whole thing where they were like held up in a barn and the zombies were attacking and i made that like lego chainsaw i had the guy like chainsawing the zombies <laughs> It was so much fun. Oh man, I have I have so many of those mega mega zombies. Oh, they're great. They're such great figures. And like I know they weren't as articulated as the uh the regular Call of Duty figures, but they were the right amount. Like you could yeah. pop them in half, you know, you could take their head off. They were just they were fun figures. I have I got lucky and I was in a Best Buy that had them the sets of just the zombies. Mm-hmm. So I had like the hazmat set and the astronaut set and they were clearanced out super cheap. I bought them and I put them in my gumball machine. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I, I know like once in a while I brag that I have a gash pond machine in my basement, but it has four compartments and I have them like categorized. So I have one that has just muscle figures. I have one that's got superhero stuff. I have a little girl one with like unicorn princessy things. And I have one that's like monster horror movie stuff. And in that one, I've got, like, probably two dozen Call of Duty zombies in there. So if you're ever in my basement, and I'll give you a handful of quarters, you might get lucky. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, My godson, he got one the other day, and he was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, we went a little little crazy with those when they they were clearing them out. Well, because that, that's the thing, like, we both started getting into them when, like, I remember the night it started, it was all because of clearance. We we were at Walmart, and we were looking at some of the build, like, some of the Legos and Mega Bloks stuff, and we were commenting on how the Mega Bloks figures were really nice. Like, they were, you know, like, super articulated little minifigures. And then we went over to the clearance section, and they had that Call of Duty, like, it wasn't quite a tank, but it was kind of like that armored vehicle with the cannon on top. Oh, yep, and, yep. And it was down to, like, eight bucks. And we were both like, well, it's two figures and a tank vehicle. Okay. So we grabbed that, and then we went, you know, let's let's go to the other Walmarts. And we ended up getting, like, some Halo stuff on clearance. And I forget what the other Call of Duty was, but we got another. I know we both got another Call of Duty set. And after that, it was like, okay, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> we just started going out and finding all the zombies, like all the military vehicles, like was it was it the diner? It was. It was the zombie diner. That's what that was. Oh, that was such a great set. <laughs> I still randomly buy Halo sets. They're blind bags because you're guaranteed to get something awesome every time. Oh yeah. Like I've never uh, I I've those. never played Halo, but they're just cool little figures. Yep. And and that's the thing. Like I, they're super articulate I, I just, fun figures. I just wish they would do more of those flood monsters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those were cool. That I forget what set it was, but the one that came with like the bloated 
flood creature. Again, I haven't played the games either, but they're like these bloated uh, monsters that you can fill with the mini flood and just kind of like poop them out. <laughs> oh, man, I freaking love those things. Those in the big Hulk flood monsters. Yes, that oh, those are fun. It's, it's like it's like Mega Bloks thing monsters, basically. I agree. Those are awesome. The only ones that I don't like are the little guys. You get like two in a package. Oh, the grunts or whatever. Yeah, are. those are kind of not that fun, especially they, if you they, buy like two or three thinking you're going to get like a nice mix of good guys and bad guys. And if you get like three of those in a row, the, the updated worst. grunts aren't that bad. Like they're pretty heavily articulated, but yeah, they're still not as cool as a Spartan. Um, and I only say this because like if I'm ever on the road and I'm bored, I'll buy a toy to play with in my hotel room. Mm-hmm. And I'll more often than not get Halo blind bags. And it's like, all right, good guy, bad guy, or two good guys. And it's like, ah, oh, grunts. Uh. Right. <laughs> um, okay, the last bit of news that I skipped over was Playmates are finally releasing their long lost, uh, their attempts at doing like super articulated turtles back in the day did get finished because Toys R Us went out of business and there was a shredder and a triceraton that didn't happen. Um, Actually, <clears throat> if if I'm mistaken, I'm not sure that triceraton was ever shown. I think it was just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So these are coming to Walmart and there is sets out that you can pre-order now that have Michelangelo and Bebop Don, uh, Leonardo and Rocksteady and then coming out later is Donatello and Shredder and Raphael and the Triceraton um, Shredder and the Triceraton are considerably smaller than the Turtles and Bebop and Rocksteady for some reason um, still cool looking if you're a fan of the Turtles I think these are something you should get and apparently Krang is coming out later on his own That's that's what I keep hearing um, That's the rumbling. I have a Leonardo, and I've personally held Bebop and Rocksteady. They're cool. They're worth your money. And if these are the price point that I think they're going to be, I think it's a, a good investment if you just want something fun to play with. Um, these are pretty solid, sturdy toys. So that is it for today's news. We are going to do another commercial by one of our lovely toy sponsors this week. So sit back and hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. New from Playmates. The exact same figures you've bought before, except this time with the same packaging. That's right. All the figures that you bought in the 80s from Playmates are being re-released in stores for the first, no, second, no, third, no, fourth, no, Fifth, no, sixth time. This time they have a slightly new logo on the top of the packaging. Everything else is exactly the same, except the price point, which is considerably higher. New from Playmates. And we're back. And I've seen the new Playmates Turtle stuffs in stores. And, um, man, I was so excited to relieve my childhood for the 15th time and get these guys all over again you know it's because that nostalgia is my drug and i can throw out my previous ninja turtles that i bought at gamestop two years ago and get these ones 
because you they are the, uh, pointing up in the packaging. I I wish they would do what they did around the time that they um God, I think it was the early 2000s when they did the vintage re-releases through Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And they started throwing in some like extra accessories that were commonly lost with the vintage figures. Like Shredder yeah. came with the little crane that came that uh was included with the five inch Android body. And they actually like did something to make them different. They yeah, also but... didn't they also didn't just release, hey, here's the turtle, Shredder, and Krang again. They had some of the weird stuff like superhero Mikey and like, you know, Arctic Leo. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. They started throwing in some really like off the beaten path playmates figures, which was cool to see again. Now, granted, they didn't give people what they really want, which is, you know, stuff like Hotspot and Scratch the Cat, but... Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or even, like, another, you know, uh, re-release of Muckman and Mutagen Man, or, you know, some of their hotter, weird characters. Wingnut and Screwloose. Right. Yeah. Scumbug. I love that figure. Sergeant Bananas. <laughs> I always forget about Sergeant Bananas because he was like later in the line, but he's a fun figure. Dr. I always enjoyed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worm. Oh man, I love Worm. Worm was great. But I but, got but, but. I got oh sorry. Go oh, no, you go ahead. I would say I got Worm and Space Usagi on the same night, and like I had hours of fun pretending that Worm was an alien that Space Usagi was hunting. And hey, how appropriate when you got to the uh, 2012 Ninja Turtles. Right? I was like, hey, Worm actually is an alien. (laughs) But we're not talking about Ninja Turtles today because we're talking about Masters of the Universe. In particular, Masters of the Universe Revelations. Yes. None of us did anything on Friday except for watch Masters of the Universe Revelations. (laughs) And if you're listening to this, and then you're like us, and you really, really loved it, uh, there are two things you can do to help further support it uh, and lash back against the man babies. One is uh, tag more motu, hashtag more motu. Uh, that's something like everyone involved apparently has been saying use in your motu stuff online, mm-hmm. uh, which tells me tell that essentially you want more motu surprise that's a very clever hashtag uh but hey do that or you could watch the kevin smith commentary tracks that he just posted on twitter or not twitter uh youtube youtube yes youtube he did tweet about them but he put them on youtube uh so yeah i'm very excited to watch it again with those i loved it i have complaints but not enough, not even close to enough to like sway my opinion on the show at all. I uh, I, I actually have zero complaints. Um, this I was telling Josh, this is exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. And I don't know how to describe this other than like a, a legacy story where there's a, a couple of good examples where you take a property that's been around forever it's had tons of iterations, tons of stories. There's no way you could tie it all together because there's been so many versions and, and uh, tales from it. But they, they take it and they do something new while still acknowledging the past. 
Mortal Kombat did that with Mortal Kombat 9, which I thought was fantastic. Where they were like, okay, yeah, we had a bunch of games that kind of went to ludicrous levels. Like, we literally brought about Armageddon. How do we make a sequel? Well, here, we're going we're gonna to go back and kind of reboot and redo while still acknowledging the past. Um, the Star Trek J.J. Abrams movies did this, where they were like, we're doing a reboot, but we're acknowledging what came before it and still going to do our own thing. Um, and I feel like this did that perfectly. It acknowledged a lot of stuff that we all know and love while telling us a new story. And it was brilliant. I, I absolutely loved it. I've said this a thousand times. If, a, if a, any property can make you feel emotion, whether it be anger at a character, can make you cry, can do something like that, it's, it's, it's worth its salt. And the fact that this made me sob three friggin' times <laughs> in the five episode run, I'm like, bravo. This is this is so freaking good. You know, I, I I I also said this to Mike. I my biggest complaints about it uh, have nothing to do with the show itself. <laughs> uh, my biggest complaints about it have everything to do with the toy line because spoiler alert: three of the figures in wave one of the figures. <laughs> yeah. Three die in the first episode. Mattel knew what they were doing, releasing those figures first. <laughs> that was my. You're you're kind of leading into my my only major complaint is that if you don't know about Masters Universe, if they're trying to bring in somebody new, kids in particular, they're going to be lost. Because the show, I mean, the toy line is to sell He-Man. The show isn't selling you He-Man. Right, but that I don't think that's what they were doing with this, because they no. have that other He-Man cartoon coming that is aimed at children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, don't get confused, but like, if you're an adult being like, how can I get my kid to enjoy this? Well, they don't explain like how He-Man got the power sword, how it's a secret, because it's not for them. This is strictly for adults. And, and once my, you get that, you can completely enjoy it. And my second complaint, as I as I alluded to before, is uh, at least as it stands right now within the first five episodes, Spike Ori is not actually in Revelations. That is a disguised Skeletor, <laughs> so that figure is a lie. A lie yes. that I'm very excited to buy. I, he I needs do, a crutch. <laughs> I, I do have to say I really enjoyed the fact that... Um, that accessory that the Revelation Skeletor comes with was specifically in that one scene, and that's it. <laughs> like it was like, yep. "Aha! I yep. transformed into Spikeor, and now, He's now you know why you have that staff." <laughs> Mark Hamill did such a great job. Oh, he was perfect. Yeah, he really. Was. I mean, I knew I knew he was going to, but he did a great job. <laughs> and. Honestly, I think all the voice actors did great. You know who was really, really good? Orko. Oh, oh man. So Griffin good. Newman just killed it. I miss him so much because the tick got canceled. You know? Mm -hmm. It's good to know that he's a great voice actor, too. And you're not expecting it, but Orko steals the show. Yep. You know, as great as, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is... Um, 
Mark Hamill. I mean, Mark Hamill admittedly doesn't get a ton to do. And we haven't specified this. I'm so sorry. If you're worried about spoilers, turn off <laughs> the podcast. Well, I, um, I did I did give a big spoiler alert. Okay. But He-Man and Skeletor are on the sidelines for the larger part of these first five episodes. And uh, Tila and Orko kind of get to pick up the slack. And it's very, very cool. And also, Evil Lynn. Oh, she was so good. Who yeah, she finally really gets was. a chance to shine. Uh, the Mike Young Productions, Evil Lynn, got a little bit. Um, but this one really gets to explore the character, and she's super cool. I, um, I loved her. Mind you, not Orko cool, but really damn cool. Uh, and episode five, where they go to Preternia, is got so many nerd Easter eggs packed <laughs> into like 23 minutes that your head's going to explode. Bionatops, Wondar. <laughs> oh my God. Vicor. You've got 2000 X, uh, sorceress. Hover pads got, from the movie. Yeah. Hover pads. King Grayskull. hero. Yep. Finally yep. heroes in it. You've got <laughs> Eternia. Uh, like, I don't know how they could pack more into it. They yeah. go to Trolla. <laughs> it's so cool. Yep. The Shadow Beasts are in there. Oh, man. You get and... Tony Todd voicing Scareglow. Oh, that was so good. Oh, he was so goddamn so creepy. Good. That I I loved the Subternia thing. And I love the fact that they took Subternia and Preternia and made it the Masters of the Universe Heaven and Hell. Like that yeah. was such a great idea. I was oh, yeah. I, as soon as they they kind of were like, oh, you're talking about going to hell, and I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> they're making Subternia hell. Oh, this is too cool. And they totally do it in a Dragon Ball Z kind of way, where you can leave if you want and come back and save the day, but why would you? Right, because it, it sucks down there. Yeah, <laughs> like I love King Grayskull. Just like, boy, it ain't natural. Right. <laughs> Uh, and you also get like they really separate He-Man and Prince Adam in this one, with Prince I Adam know. being very uh, the polar opposite of He-Man, very effeminate, very mm -hmm. introspective. Uh, they're two separate people instead of just He-Man with a vest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's also super cool. Cringor is talking again. I'm oh god Steven even root he's yeah. so good see that's and that's another part it was cringer made me tear up orco made me tear up and freaking roboto got me like all three of them like man this the writing on this is so good but what one thing i do want to say about prince adam and he-man i i this is a very brief moment but where uh, where tila is kind of telling a story about one of their encounters with with uh skeletor I think it was the the one on the boat. Yeah, um, yeah. Where He Man makes the the joke about you're all wet, Skeletor, and they they take the time to point out that he had the sense of humor of a teenager who didn't and, get out much. Yes, I'm like that is freaking brilliant because it's it's an easy way to be like, yeah, we know the filmation one was cheesy and the jokes were dumb, but here's why. Like that was just ah oh, such a brilliant piece of writing. 
We no, also granted. missed the joke with Skeletor talking to Evil Lynn. He's like, do you like the boat? It's granite. <laughs> <laughs> what if we repainted the boat a nice granite? <laughs> that was so good. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I, I can't say enough good about this show. Like, I, we all have heard the hate. There's so much hate out there. Like, with any, any time you touch anything nostalgic... The fanboys are going to come crawling out of the basements to complain. And then they're going to, you know, slink back down there once the fervor dies down. But everybody that I've heard legitimately complain about it and not just be like, man, it's the Tila show. The people I've heard mainly complain. The one thing is that they were led to believe that this was a direct sequel to Filmation. And I have some friends and family who actually rewatched the old filmation in preparation for this in the last couple of months. And when they got to the show, they were kind of disappointed. Now they all said the same thing. They're like, well, it was still a good show, but I thought it was going to be a sequel. Like that's what they kept saying. It was going to be a sequel. So I feel like that's one place that the marketing team kind of failed is by leading anyone to believe that this was a sequel rather than kind of a spiritual successor. Although I do need to, then posed the question to those people that believed it was a sequel. What story did they see for it to be a sequel to? Well, and that was the yeah, thing. Exactly. In particular, my one cousin who, who was talking about this, he said he avoided all trailers. He didn't watch any of the trailers. He only like saw a couple of like interviews with Kevin Smith talking about it. And di- he just saw like character designs and stuff, but didn't see anything about the show. So then when he watched it, he was kind of like, oh, well, this is different. You know, still enjoyed it, but was kind of upset that it wasn't the goofy, you know, masters that we all knew. Um, But so I can understand that complaint, especially if you go into it blind or as blind as you can in, in, you know, modern media. Yeah. But it's I, I get that complaint, but I feel like. It's still such a good show. If you like Masters of the Universe, how could you not like this? So, like I said, the ones that I know that are upset about it were more or less just like, I feel duped, but I still enjoyed myself. The ones who are bitching saying that, oh, it's terrible, are just being trolls. And if you want to bitch, go watch the new She-Ra cartoon. And let's let's be fair here. I, I do definitely take issue with the people saying that Kevin Smith lied. This is all about Tila. This, you know, this is woke and Tila has a girlfriend. And None of that's true, though. It isn't, yes. Well, the thing is, people are judging it on half of the story. Yeah, which Kevin Smith even said point blank during one of his live streams that he has no idea why they decided to split it up the way they have. Uh, You know, he doesn't disagree with it necessarily because they're in charge, but split up the way it is that, yes, the first half is significantly lacking He-Man, but it's only half of the story. Right. So, and, you know, this is people are, are saying that he lied and that these things are all true in half of a story. 
the the people attacking Smith, I just I'm honestly writing them off as you're just you're just looking to cause trouble. Like you actually don't give two craps about the property. You're just trying to to dig trouble up because half of their complaints are proving that they know nothing about the the lore that they claim to love so much. The the biggest thing that's pissing me off is where they're like, oh, they're setting up Tila to be He-Man. No, they're not. If anything, they're leading into a possible green goddess slash sorceress role. Yeah. You know, I and again, like if you know anything about the character, you know about the green goddess. And the fact that they specifically mentioned multiple times in those five episodes, hey, she was an orphan. Hey, she has a mysterious past. There's something there about Tila. She doesn't like magic. I wonder why. Like, there's they're clearly setting it up. <laughs> like, how many times throughout the the series, these first five episodes, did somebody try to tell Tila something only for it to get cut off? Right. <laughs> like, there's so again, all these people that are like, you know, she's going to be the next He Man. It's it's, it's woke He Man, man. It's like. Do, do you know anything about the actual property you're claiming to love? Or did you see like five episodes as a kid and, and claim that it was your entire childhood? And now because someone is daring to change it, you know, your childhood is ruined. Look, <laughs> you guys have to understand that there is a large population of fandom out there that are very threatened by anything from their childhood being changed in the slightest. In particular... <laughs> women added into it you change a gender for anything <laughs> if you and if you add women into it they better be sluts <laughs> or subservient to men yeah yeah oh so, god i hate that i hate it so much and if you do finally win them over like let's say Battlestar galactica how they changed starbuck mm-hmm. they'll never admit it oh yeah so you just have to accept that there's a lot of a lot of guys out there the other half of the man-child fandom that don't get out much are very threatened by any kind of change to their childhood is because that's when they peaked. Having said that, there are valid criticisms where things are woke for woke's sake. Agreed. This, this isn't one of them. Right. Yeah, no. And I, you know they're... what? Even if this was the Tila show, it's really good. So right. just shut up and watch it and enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. But no, and yes, that that does happen. The the woke for woke sake thing, and uh, we'll get into to more of this on the Boogeyman's Closet, where when I eventually cover Black Christmas twenty nineteen, um, because I have, oh, I have problems with that movie. But um, but yeah, this kind of stuff, the the changes to your childhood, you know, cartoons, movies, toys, what have you. First of all, it's necessary to keep the pro- the product alive. Like let, let's yeah. all be honest here. You can't just keep reiterating the same exact story and expect to get anybody excited about it. So that, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we could have a whole whole episode about all that. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, so you have to do that to keep the property alive. Some of them are going to be misses. The Michael Bay Turtles, for example, big miss. However, the 2012 Ninja Turtles, huge win. Although, you know, to be fair, the first Michael Bay Turtles was a huge miss. The second one was pretty fun. The th- yeah. Oh, I, I will give you that. The second one was a lot of fun. But at that point, it was like, okay, well, we know what we're getting. We're getting Shrek Turtles. But, 
hey, it's got Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady. Let's go. Focus. <laughs> so, yeah. Focus. <laughs> Yes, Masters folks. Of the universe. Masters of the universe. We're not gushing over Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Hey, to um, be fair, I think all of our play patterns as children had Ninja Turtles mixed with Masters of the Universe. Yes. So this goes right in, right in line with our, our children play patterns. And I, for one, am very excited for when Kevin Smith gets to touch the Ninja Turtles. Oh, huh? That. Oh, he's, he, how is he going to touch them? What? <laughs> uh, well, because he's a huge comic book fan, we might actually get proper Mirage Ninja Turtles. I oh, man, that would be amazing. Be <laughs> but to wrap this up, to put a bow on it, we love this show. And it sucks we have to wait so long for the next five episodes. Although, you know, there, I, I got to say, there is one thing that I want to touch on real quick that I was really impressed with that I did not expect from it. Uh, and that's the sheer amount of teeny tiny references and Easter eggs to the Motu movie. Yeah. yeah. Like even, even that moment in, um, I don't remember if it was the second or third episode, Tila's tracker. Mm-hmm. The little, Second. the little electronic tracker that she has that she's like, this isn't magic. This was built by, you know, built by technology. That's the same tracker that Man at Arms used in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's that's some that's some deep. And if you look really right close in the background of episode four, where they go to Preternia, Gwildor is in the background eating chicken. I, I did, did not know I, I, I missed that. I, just watch it 20 times, you might see it. Oh, he's messing with us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second, I actually believe that for a minute. When I was a little kid, I used to quote Gwildor all the time, and I would just randomly to myself to make myself laugh, I'd go, barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I would always do the, uh, I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, it just cracked me up. I love Gwildor. Like, we didn't get Orko, but damn Gwildor, Billy, Billy Barty was amazing. Real, real quick with with this, uh, you know, the the simple fact that they paid so much love to, in the references department to all of the fans out there, it was very much like the 2012 Turtles. I know I brought it up already, but when you can basically tell us a new story while still honoring and 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 giving us some love from the, what came before, that's just. I mean, what more can you ask for? You know, it's like they're they're nodding, like constantly tipping the hat. Like you guys remember this, right? You guys are like, look over here, look, it's Bionatops. Like, I mean, yeah, come on, that's amazing. Oh, and it is official as of right this moment. The first report of someone finding the Target exclusive battle armor He-Man with Vac Metal and battle damaged Battle Cat Target exclusive is has just hit the web. Someone just Ooh. found it in Target in California, along with Deluxe Faker. Perfect. Give it Revelation. a month. Give it a month. They're going to be everywhere. Now, I oh, I was going to say one thing about this that really did did help is now I want the Revelations toys. <laughs> so it did work on me. I want all of them now. The Revelations toys are cool. I think the Origins toys are a little bit better. Oh, I'm still getting Origins as well. But I, I will agree with that sentiment. Yeah, that, I do really like the Revelations toys, but I, the Origins 
edge them out just slightly for that that nostalgia pang. And oh, that's the thing. I'm still buying all the origins, but now after seeing the show, I'm like, I don't mind Goofy smiling He Man because it fits the show. And yeah, he is just yeah. Goofy smiling He Man. And now that Evil Lynn was so amazing in the show, I'm like, I kind of want her for when I get Tila because I'm gonna be buying Tila. So yep. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. I keep how I keep did she jumping fit? Back. The skull from the Havoc staff in that tiny little bag. Magic. It, it's a Mary Poppins it's a, bag. It's a bag of uh, holding. It is. <laughs> okay, well, guys, we love it. Go watch it. And if you don't have a subscription to Netflix, it's worth a subscription to Net- Netflix for it. Absolutely. And, you know, I said that, like, I don't want to wait for new episodes. There is that new kid-friendly one that's coming out. That might be cool, too. I proposed a little activity where we all create our own Masters of the Universe character, kind of in the vein of the contest that Mattel holds like every 25 years. Uh, Last week, I said I made a a character called Knockoff that has different heads and a character called Nomenclature Mm -hmm. that is a gnome. And I I said, hey, why don't we all make our own guys just, just for chuckles? So... You guys down? You want to try it? Oh, yeah. Mike, would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. I actually kind of took this uh, seriously and from the standpoint of a toy maker of like, what kind of toy would we get and why? Um, So I kind of I was like, first thing I thought of was fodder. You need every toy line needs a fodder character. That, you know, kids can bug their parents to buy multiple versions of the same figure because it's an army builder. So I was like, all right, we had the hoverbots in the cartoon. We never got a proper toy in the old in the old toy line. We had the horde robot, which, yeah, OK, you know, that fodder character. But we never really had any proper Skeletor like stormtroopers or, you know, that like we didn't have that. So I was thinking, what if we had the Skeletron? Now you take the only thing you would you would have to do is new sculpting on is the head. Basically take a skull head. So you could kind of take Scareglow's head, but give it trap jaws, lower jaw and some circuitry on the back of the skull. Then use Roboto's torso. So we have the the robotic torso, but cast it in a translucent uh, blue and have the gears be uh, purple and green or purple and yellow. Then have trap jaws legs and Trapjaw's uh, right arm with the the different accessories, the little pin, you know, the little uh, hook, gun, clamp, all that. And then have Roboto's left arm. So you could totally kitbash it with a bunch of different pre-existing figures, give it a new paint scheme, give it a new head sculpt, maybe throw in, if you really want to get fancy, throw in a new uh, arm attachment, like maybe give him a sword or something. Um, But yeah, and then you have your fodder character, that I know I would have gone nuts for because any skull-headed monster I always went crazy for, and any robot I went crazy for. So I thought that that would have been a really fun fodder character that you could get tons of and have a little army. <laughs> I would love I, that. Yeah, I would have bucked <laughs> the crap out of that. Or you, you know what's weird? You know, All those army builder guys, they were like the hardest to find. Yep. I think that's because people were army building. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah, I even, never had even the horror robot. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I was just saying, even as kids, they it was ingrained to army builds. Yep. 
I had I had the horde robot, but I only ever had one. Um, I wanted more than one, but my parents were very stringent on the. You already have that figure. You're not getting another. The only I time had we two. had <laughs> the only time we had multiples of those kind of toys is one the uh, the uh, yard sale finds like we were talking about in one of the last episodes. So I'd get the beater toys that were clearly played with and then sold at a yard sale. Or if me and my brother got the same figure, like we did that with, we both wanted a stormtrooper and we both wanted the Cobra bat. So we had two of them in the house. But as far as like, you know, horde trooper vipers, you know, I only ever had one of each. Yep. Man, those horde uh, troopers were freaking awesome. They broke on me. They were great (laughs) toys, but I couldn't keep them together. Oh, I loved them. And they were very floppy. Yeah. And, like, I so, always remember, like, the opportunities I had to get the Horror Trooper, I always end up getting somebody else instead. Because those were around the same time as, like, the movie characters, so I got, like, Sorod instead of the Horror Trooper. Another great figure. It is. Yeah. So Josh, who did you make up? I actually, I, I was going back and forth between two. Um, because I had, I had two factions as a kid that I always loved, always loved the snake man. And although I know in classics, they did like lady hiss. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. There was something about it that was like, that just seems too basic. So my thinking was that it will use essentially like parts of the evil in Tila buck. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the, um, the main torso and arms and then use a new head and new quote unquote legs as a serpent tail for the queen of the snake man, Serpentra. I love that. Any nice. like Medusa snake woman. I hope Kevin Smith gives us some snake men love. Hordak is more important to me, but like those two factions do not need to be ignored. Well, Blast you know, Attack was in it. And is it, Blast Attack, I consider a Skeletor guy. He, well, and, he's officially snake men now. Yeah. And you He's know, sort of did, in between. Even though I I sort of discounted it at first, they did have a, a sort of throwaway line that is super, super easy gateway entry for the Horde. What's that? And that's uh, when Andra says, uh, what is it, the hero of legend, the one that fought the Horde? Oh, yeah, that's true. So if for any reason any of the past He-Men of lore come back, that's an easy gateway for the Horde to come back. Or if they stick with Skeletor's origin of having his head melted and then Hordak kind of cursing him as Skeletor, it's it's right there. And you would think Skelegod would want to be out for revenge. Yeah, so... But you don't need that, that first story. That's too yeah. much. So they're kind of like King Hiss or Hordak are the bads for season two or three. Um, but my other uh, my other idea 
since that one also, you know, it almost feels like, especially the, the Snake Men were so far into the line that I felt like that might have been too much new tooling. Uh, so my other thought was essentially the Masters of the Universe version of Zartan, the Master of Disguise, Ooh. except with a magical bend to it. So have it be, uh, I couldn't couldn't settle on a good name, but essentially like the male horde magician, the, the male answer to Shadow Weaver. Okay. Uh, but I was thinking that it could, again, be a deluxe that came with the armor of multiple other characters and maybe a couple of snap-on face masks so it would have the same effect of like, now he's He-Man, now he's Man-at-Arms, now he's Stratos. Oh my nice. god, and I, I could totally picture people buying that and putting the armor on the wrong characters. So like it, some kid would have the purple He-Man armor that went to change or whatever you want to call him and you would know that he had him at some point because as a kid they swapped the armor out and then you've got that like the wonder bread he-man problem of who did this <laughs> black armor go to the zodak armor right. um, oh you know so i just cool. i just came up with the perfect like vintage toy line name for him too what's his name he's presto changeo perfect <laughs> nice Absolutely perfect. And his, oh yeah, yeah. I love it. I had two. So there's, one was one I forgot to mention last week, was one that I sent to Mattel. Um, and it wasn't original at all. It's just because I loved him as a kid. Wrestler. Because I had a bootleg wrestler with a luchador mask who I played with all the time in my He-Man toys. Um, and he was just a basic He-Man buck with a luchador mask and a gold-painted trap job belt. Nice. And a laser gun from anybody. I was using these with the idea that they're going to use the classics body, so I think I gave him a Count Marzo cape and the laser gun that came with Queen Marlena. Um, but the idea being is he is a batshit crazy luchador who has a wrestling move so powerful it can rip a hole in space-time. He does it, ends up in Eternia, and immediately just wants to wrestle anybody and anybody. <laughs> uh, he wakes up in Snake's Mount, Snake Mountain, breaks a chair over Trapjaw's head, steals his belt, paints it gold, and declares himself the master of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so all the other meathead master of the universe characters want to fight him to get the belt from him, like Fisto and Ratlor, Rizzlor, all these guys are like, I'm the biggest and the strongest. Want to fight Rasslor to get his belt. Um, that was my first character. My second character, I read a lot of the Masters Universe comics and a lot of like 80s DC comics. It always have those breaks in the middle of the comic book that were like selling fruit pies. Oh, yeah. Twinkies oh, God, or whatever. Yeah. So there's always like a product tie in. So I was thinking, like, what if there was a product tie in other than Wonder Bread for Masters of the Universe? And I was like, man, kids love candy. So I was like, what if I made a character called Boogar, the candy goblin for Masters of the Universe that would promote 
pixie sticks. So the idea being is he's got a hat in the back of his head. There's a hole. Kids can put a straw through the hole in his head and suck up pixie sticks through his nose (laughs) and enjoy candy. (laughs) And his arch nemesis is Molar. Yeah, Molar, but it would be Bugar enjoys his Bugar sugar. <laughs> and it just seemed to fit in the 80s. And I, I thought it would be appropriate for kids to have a toy that could snort candy powder that they can suck into their mouth. That wouldn't right. send a bad message to children at all. <laughs> um, Bugar sugar. That's fantastic. I, if you haven't been able to tell, I'm not being serious at all. <laughs> but I always thought that would be a funny like band toy that somebody... High on Coke at uh, Mattel was like, let's make a candy goblin that can do lines of pixie dust. (laughs) (laughs) He'll come with like three tubes of. uh... (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine people trying to track down a complete Bugar with the Masters Universe branded pixie sticks? It's they're all rock solid now after yeah, years like of... the gum that comes in the, the garbage bill kids packaging. Uh, the only way to find one that hasn't like dyed the outer uh, packaging, the color of the sugar inside is if it's like completely pristine on card. Yeah. Like it hasn't eaten through the cardboard and melted into the core of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, my, my real entry was wrestler Bugar of the candy, the candy goblin, uh, no. Anyways, so these are Masters Universe characters. I would like to say that we will all draw them and there'll be pictures up in the Facebook group. I can't promise that. <laughs> I think I think we'll all draw Bugar. <laughs> um, I have my old submission for Rasslor, but all I did was trace over a drawing of Mil Mascaris. Uh So it's not that original. I could definitely draw Bugar. But <laughs> shit, I kind of want to make Bugar. I was just going to say, I kind of want Josh to sculpt him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, little, little coked out candy goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, you can have like a disco costume because why not? Oh, wait, 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 dude, dude. The remember the okay, the slime monster toys. Like when you asked me to do three original designs of monsters. Mm-hmm. And I did the one that's like the hunched over oh, God, goblin yeah. with yeah. the huge nose. Yes. You could use that head sculpt with the huge freaking nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think no zone. Oh my God. Well, that was that was the inspiration for that that design was hey, like we were talking about slime toys, and I was like, well, no zone had it dripping out of his nose, so yeah, of course. Oh, I'm just that's... picturing the plastic, the ridiculous plastic straw that you insert into its head. <laughs> oh my god! And that's you know, cocaine jokes aside, that's a gimmick that they would try, right? Because it's Mattel. <laughs> and you know that is something about the Masters of the Universe line that I know we have to have another episode where we just kind of do a deep dive into the original toy line, but. My God, has any other toy line ever outdone it as far as action features go? No. Like, no. 
there were no. so many original action features in that toy line. I don't even um, have to like think about it. No. <laughs> and I feel like there were I feel like the action features from that toy line were templates for action features for other toy lines. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely, yeah. And there's like the characters who don't have action features still have a gimmick that's an action feature somehow. Like Zodak. Mm-hmm. What's Zodak's action feature? Body hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they still had the power punch. So yeah. they at or least like, had that. Man at arms, clip on armor. Yep. Everybody. Anyways, yeah. Absolutely. They they are trend setting, groundbreaking, awesome, awesome company that you know we will never fully appreciate the work that they did for action figures. And it's a shame that they haven't been able to capture that lightning in a bottle again. I know they always try, but it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Um okay, so Bugar, look for <laughs> a toy shelf this Christmas. We are going to have another commercial from one of our sponsors this week. So sit back, relax, enjoy the commercial, and we will be right back. Coming soon from Hasbro. All new Star Wars figures. And by all new, we mean they have new paint jobs and new pack. And cost more money. That's right, Hasbro Star Wars figures, releasing the same five figures over and over and over again for the past ten years. Why? Because we're Hasbro. Also, look for the new HasLab Rancor, guaranteed to cost at least $800. Plus, you can't fit it anywhere. And we're back. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a shame that the last proper three and three quarter Star Wars toys were repainted gold Star Wars two packs. Yeah. Like, I know it's going to happen. I know they'll be back and it'll be a big deal. But I swear, if it's another wave of Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and R2-D2, I'm going to punch somebody. Well, even... (laughs) Even a lot of the the current three and three fourth stuff that is being released is it's just so lackluster. It is, and they're doing like three and four at a time, which is super confusing. Like, I I saw the the new was three and three fourth inch vintage collection wave a couple of days ago, and it's like Endor Leia, uh, specifically speeder bike Leia, and she looks she looks great. But, you know, how many three and three-fourth inch speeder bike layers do we have? Too many. Uh, A three and three-fourth inch ATST pilot. Too many. A, uh, I think, who is it? I think it was Poplu, one of the Ewoks. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it it might have been a different Ewok, so I'll give them credit for that. And maybe a droid? I don't know. It was so lackluster that it doesn't even... It's it's hard to remember what was there because it was just like, eh, these are yeah. all figures that I've seen before and there is nothing new or impressive about any of them. 
if you're a kid and you enjoy Star Wars, you can't go to the store and buy Star Wars toys like you used to be able to. And not at all. That's Hasbro's fault. Um, you could go to Five Below and get really horrible reissued two packs of Star Wars toys if you could find them. But um, thankfully for most kids out there, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've got like a nerdy uncle or somebody that's got a bin full of toys yeah. for you to play with. But I know I have my breaking case of emergency, like four totes full of Star Wars stuff. If anybody ever needs to play. Um, all right. So it's time for me to announce the great big winner in our month long contest full of prizes. So if you guys remember, there was Friday 13th part four on VHS there was a Terrifier enamel pin, assortment of stickers, the Make Your Own Damn Movie Book, and lastly, Ultimate Marty McFly from NECA. Um, we got a lot of last-minute entries when I did Marty McFly. So Don DeRazio, uh, Teresa Lindenmuth, um, there was Herschel Gordon-Lewis, Warner Herzog, um, <laughs> Franco Nero, um, somebody named I, Natasha. Natasha I Hobie. Jim. Uh, we have to talk about Jim. He is going to be a problem. But we got about 15 total entrants. So I am going to shake the bowl up now. Are you guys ready for the winner? Indeed. All right. Here we go. And our winner of this month's great big prize pack is one Mr. Josh Strausberg. Congratulations, sir. I am going to reach out to you when this episode drops. I'm going to get your address and I'm going to send you a great big, awesome gift package from count creepy's coffin. And I'm no longer calling it the prize closet because count creepy lives in a coffin. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, creepy head. My wife pulled me aside and pointed it out to me, and she was like, "He lives in a coffin. It's Count Creepy Head." Bleh. So yeah, bleh. I should also <laughs> add that my wife has become a massive fan of the show. Uh, she has discovered podcasts for the first time through Count Creepy Head's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, and she is constantly commenting on the show and changes that she would like. And this was funny. This was weird. Can you explain this to me? Um, so she is a big fan, and it's awesome and cool and weird. And I was expecting support from my wife, but I wasn't expecting her to become a fan of the show. So uh, very, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that really is. So hi. And she also <laughs> wants to hang out with you guys. Um, she said she's going to kidnap Josh and Mike and bring you over to the house and hang out with you <laughs> because she said she feels like she's friends with you now because of the podcast. Um, so I'm going to show her some new podcasts um, to kind of open up her horizons to the world of podcasting. I think she's going to like it. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I was going to say with, with the podcasting friendship thing. Like, I've actually gotten that from several people who listen to The Boogeyman's Closet who've reached out and said they feel like they've gotten to know us from listening to the show. And I I love that. I absolutely love that. 
I think that is yeah. just such a fun part of doing podcasts where, you know, you, you hope people are listening, but when you, when you hear back from people who are enjoying what you're talking about, that's just, it makes it all worthwhile. It does. And it, it means you're doing it right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, super, super cool. Uh, all I'm say is she's got a long drive to come get me. Yeah. <laughs> She'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, so I'm going to change things up for this next round of contests. Um, I have been told that leaving reviews on iTunes can be a little difficult. And people aren't enjoying the process. So what I'm going to do now is I am going to post a total of four weeks worth of prizes. All you have to do, like the post and share it on Facebook and you're entered into the contest. So I'm making it even easier, but on top of that, I'm making the prizes cooler. You're doing the liking on flashback. That's right. Do it. Do it now. And I break your fingers. <laughs> now on the flashback. Go. You like. You share. So spread the, the I got creepies. today. I got super lucky and I found four very awesome things at Walmart that are going to be prize number one for round two of these prizes. And that is Egon, Fankman, Spengler, and Ernie Hudson. Oh, crap. Winston. Zedmore. Winston. Winston Zedmore of the Kenner reissued animated Ghostbusters figures. That all, is awesome. All four. Mint on card for you if you enter this contest. Like and share the post from Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. That's all you have to do. The only people who are excluded from this contest are me, Mike, and Josh. That's it. We have one entrant already, and that's Dawn Durazio. I'm carrying and, her over from the last time because she went out of her way to leave us an awesome review. And maybe if you like and share it enough, I'll give you a little shout out and make fun of voices for you and say something sexy. That's right. <laughs> if you want a late night conversation with Warner Herzog, if you ever wanted to have phone sex with Warner Herzog, we might be able to make this happen. But you got to win the contest. <laughs> Oh, God, now I'm picturing a commercial with a 1-900 number for Warner Herzog, so. Oh, my like, Josh, Josh, If you Josh. would like. Just give him a tease. We'll save it for next week, okay? Uh, uh, 1-900 Herzog. All of your fantasies will become reality or nightmares or both. It depends on your definition of the subject. <laughs> there was this, oh man, late night cable access in oh. Rochester, New York. I won't get into it too much, but they had this reoccurring commercial for a 900 number where they would, it was a, a girl would come on and say, pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all alone. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude. But okay. I'm just picturing pick Warner Herzog like, 
I'm all alone. I'm waiting for you. I have to tell this quick anecdote. Years ago, it was when the, the PlayStation 2 first came out. I was working at Media Play. And me and a bunch of my friends went to our manager's house to play freaking Tekken Tag Tournament or whatever that. One of the really first release games. Um, so we're all sitting around playing it, <laughs> drinking beer. And everybody eventually, like, you know, we, we hung out way too late. And we're, we're all kind of sitting around watching TV. We, we put on Faces of Death after, uh, after playing PlayStation. And a lot of us fell asleep. I woke up to the, that commercial going on. <laughs> and, like, I, I got up. I turned around, and my manager is just sitting there holding his beer, staring at the screen, going, I can't stop watching this. <laughs> Like, it was freaking hilarious because he was clearly drunk at this point and was just staring at this commercial for that exact 1 900 number. Oh my god! So every time I hear that, I immediately think of that night. Was it pick up the phone? I'm all alone. Oh my god. Uh, uh. Next week, you, you might hear some very special return of Herzog commercials. Uh, <laughs> Something I need to address. We have a second super fan in the making with Susie Hunt, who started binging our show this week. And she let me know that the number for Jim, who buys houses, is no longer active. If I had to guess, Jim is either on the run or in jail again. So if oh, Jim. If you've listened to previous episodes and you're thinking about selling your house like Susie was... Don't call Jim. So uh, chances are you're going to get redirected to a pyramid scheme, a timeshare, something that isn't about buying houses. May not be worth the trouble. If he pops up, we'll let you know. Jim's back. He's buying houses again. But I have a feeling that Jim is buying cinnamon rolls and commissary right now. And he's going to be gone for three to six months probably for driving on an expended license again. So, <laughs> Oh, Jim. Now, speaking of criminals, we have a very special message from Mangalore this week who unfortunately can't grant any wishes because he's going door to door with a special message. Mangalore, you see was convicted on a I don't know how to put this lightly he's a convicted sex offender now uh he's been fighting it in court ran out of money and last week was all the evidence they needed that he is a wish-granting disembodied head that likes to diddle impressionable young man children so special message from Anglor and then we're gonna get back to the show this is Mangler. Um, yeah, I'm new in town. Uh, just letting you know, I'm going door to door in the neighborhood to tell you that, uh, yeah, uh, so I'm a registered sex offender. It's no big deal. Um, it's just an accusation, but I need to tell you that I'm not allowed to be within 500 feet of any impressionable man children or men in booty shorts. I'm also not allowed to grant wishes in exchange for vigorous massaging or suggested Polaroid pictures. Thank you for your time. Please don't hurt me. 
and I will be living in a trailer park at the end of town. Okay, goodbye. Do you have a meat candy? Um, I, I have black licorice jelly beans. The worst kind of candy, please. Stay away from my van. I do not have Sour Patch Kids, Gushers, Fruit by the Foot, or a cooler full of Capri Sun. I also do not have a collection of vintage Midnight Card Star Wars action figures. Please stay away from my van. I do not grant wishes for letting me stare at your butt cheeks. Thank you. You can leave now. I'm over here. I'm, I'm parked behind this tree. Yeah. Okay. This joke is not old. <laughs> okay. So I had to stay muted for that whole thing. <laughs> Hopefully Mangalore uh, will do his community service and uh, be back next week. We, Me in particular, I'm a big fan of Innocent Until Proven Guilty, and he can do his time, hopefully, and prove himself again. But uh, the lesson here is don't take wishes from strangers, apparently. Um, and don't rub their lamps, because you never know what's been painted gold accidentally. So, <laughs> yeah. Would you guys like to look back on one of the greatest 80s toys of all time? Oh, oh yeah. It wouldn't be a He-Man episode if we didn't talk about Castle Grayskull. Oh, such a good He-Man. place. Everybody had it. It was amazing. People still buy it. It's... Mike, <laughs> I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you first got Castle Grayskull? I it was Christmas. I'm not sure which Christmas, but uh, we used to get a lot of times as kids we would get a um, you know a shareable gift. Yeah. And my sister did play with a lot of the same toys as us, even though you know she's nine years older than me and three years older than my brother. Um, like she did like the He-Man toys, and she would play with the uh, Castle Grayskull with us. So we we all had to share it. We got it for Christmas one year, and I we just had a blast playing with that toy. Um, eventually, it was only me playing with it, you know, after my brother and sister kind of aged out of it. And one of the things I vividly remember doing with it is um, <laughs> I had it as, like, this old castle that there was a, a military group of G.I. Joes, of course, uh, going to investigate stories about people disappearing like hikers and stuff going and disappearing near this this old castle in the british countryside <laughs> and um i had grizzlor as like the monster of the castle and it was just like ripping joe's apart in there so i had i was playing out my own like horror movie with castle grayskull but i i use my joe's a lot with it because you know it's so much bigger for them but I, I love that toy line, it, it, or that, that toy. It was in every one of my toy lines. My Ninja Turtles, my G.I. Joes, my, my He-Man figures. Like all, There was just so many toys that played with that castle. Um, but yeah, I can't say anything bad about it. Like I loved every aspect of that, that toy. It's amazing. Josh, what about you? Do you what are your memories? Uh, I, I got it for my birthday. Uh which was, of course, like the big 
big birthday gift from I want it. It was most likely from my parents. And then I think my aunt, my grandmother got me figures to go with it. So it was immediately just massive. Um, Quick, quick side note, just because I think it's really, really funny. I was one of the kids lucky enough to have Eternia as a child. Yeah. And let me tell you, as a little kid with those giant bulging eyes on that lion face, that lion face scared me more than the skull on Castle Grayskull ever did. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I very much like Mike. Like it was it was a castle that just went with every toy line. Um, I had the vintage vintage castle at the 2000. Uh, I currently have the Mega Constructs Castle and the Origins Castle. Uh, the only the only one I've never owned is the Classics Castle. Uh, I I just love it. I think it is the the quintessential playset. I like you got it for my birthday. I remember getting it at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I was having a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party and getting that big box that it was in and back in the 80s castle grayskull wasn't the price that it is now mm-hmm. um i want to say it was like a 20 dollar toy but i remember getting it and then getting and uh an assortment of he-man guys i remember in particular getting battle armor skeletor but it's the perfect place that it's a castle there's a throne there's a trap door the mouth opens and it's a giant skull head so yeah, if you need a haunted castle for your GI Joes to get ripped apart in, done. You need an awesome carrying case, done. I used to turn it sideways and have it be like an open maw to hell, and I would drop Ooh. guys into it. Um, nice. I'd also do that with the fright zone because it had the tunnel that the snake puppet would come out of. Yeah. And I would use yeah. that tunnel as a. I was obsessed with dropping guys into pits. Um, Same. It got yeah. so much play that it broke, and I had to get a second one at a garage sale. And I have another one that I got now. I have the 2000X one, and I have the Classics one. Um, I don't have the Mega Constructs, and I don't have the most recent version. And the thing is so awesome that like kids see it now, and they want to play with it. Mm-hmm. My um, My friend Henry saw it he's 10 and he was like what and he just immediately started having aliens crawl all over it and oh, that's awesome it's just cool like i don't know how you can enjoy castle grayskull uh yeah. there is this movie that is lost to time uh that i have a horrible bootleg of called captain cosmotic and it's like this german student film about a superhero that has like sparklers taped to his head and he wears yellow spandex and he wears roller skates and his hideout is on another planet, and they built it out of Castle Grayskull, but painted it ridiculous. It's like yellow and sparkly and pink. Uh, it's one of those things that is so crazy, it looks awesome as a B-movie prop. Nice. So, I love the thing. I don't think, yeah, you can say, like, pound for pound, uh, Fortress of Fangs is better. But this is the, like, be-all, end-all of playsets. And you know, in in comparison, it was much easier to get your hands on, and it yes. was very, very durable overall. Yeah, and and honestly, like it was one of the more reasonably priced play sets. I think that's the reason everybody had it. 
you know, like Mattel was really smart about it where the, yeah, I know it was like a $20 playset, but in comparison to some of like the GI Joe play sets, like I remember t- the terror drone was like 50 bucks. And yeah. I remember that being one of those things where I had to beg and plead, you know, like it's the only thing I want for my birthday, you know, that kind of thing. But the Castle Grayskull, like literally every kid I knew had it. Um, now, not everybody was lucky enough to have Snake Mountain or Eternia. Uh, I had we had Grayskull, Snake Mountain and the Fright Zone. We never got Eternia. But Castle Grayskull, the thing I think I liked about it so much is the outer shell. Like, don't don't get me wrong. The inside was was a lot of fun to play with as well. But the outer shell made for a great backdrop for just battles. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It looked cool to fight in front of, you know, and there was always like the end battle where you get inside, you know, and it was like whoever is left can get inside and get, you know, whatever power is in there. And it was just such a fun playset that invoked imaginative play, you know, and and the sad thing is in the, the age we live in now, playsets are kind of a thing of the past. Which is a shame. It, it, really, it really is. is. It, you yeah. know, you, kids these days aren't going to have the love that the only thing that I think that could be brought back properly and affordably would be an Imaginex Castle Grayskull. Right. And for whatever reason, I get probably because there's no media out there for kids to absorb Fisher Price. They put little Easter eggs for Masters Universe stuff all over their lines, which is a, mm-hmm. an, an episode into itself. But they've never actually pulled the trigger on a proper Masters Universe Imagine X line. Maybe with this like revitalization, if it takes on, if it picks up, um, they'll start putting stuff out. I know they've done, they're doing like a giant Imagine X He Man and Skeletor, but it's not the same. Yeah, like that's that's, that's not the Imagine X He Man and Skeletor people want. Yeah, this isn't like the affordable, crazy tricked out playset for Castle Grayskull that they would make. In all exactly. of the figures and stuff, but regardless of that, Castle Grayskull, beautiful, amazing, awesome playset. That if you're our age, you had it or you knew somebody that did, which is great. And it's a shame that it's not out. It is out now, but it's not affordable and it's not readily available. Yeah, um, and I'm still trying to find one. And the. Uh... Really, they they could. Even though I've got one on pre-order, I I totally understand the frustration with the PowerCon exclusive accessory pack to complete Castle Grayskull. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little pissed because uh, the that sold out so quick, and with me working third shift, I missed out on the pre-order for the PowerCon stuff, and uh, I'm really hoping. They do some kind of re-release because if I do find Castle Grayskull, I'm buying it, and I would have really liked that Grayskull accessory pack. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm one of the people who missed out on it, and I ha- and I do not want to pay secondary market prices because uh, those are usually like double and triple for con exclusive stuff. Oh yeah, I agree. Well, Castle Grayskull, if you got the money, go buy it. Buy all of them. It's totally <laughs> worth your time. All right, guys. One last final commercial from our sponsors this week, which is the toy company mega conglomerate that are giving us actual sponsors. So 
a quick break and we will be right back. Coming this fall from your favorite company producing the same thing over and over and over again. It's the new Funko Pop line. That's right. We're doing even more Funko Pops. What makes them different from the last Funko Pops? Nothing. How's the packaging different? It's not. Where will you find them? Everywhere. They're in your home. They're in your toilet. They're in your very food you eat. They'll be in your soul by the end of the year. You know, we're back. And it's funny you mentioned Funko. So I follow a few Funko groups because I casually buy them. Apparently, there's a company that's making bootleg religious Funkos. What? And they're called they're called like Fun Pops. Um, so you can get like an off-brand Funko Jesus, and like okay, Joseph. this sounds amazing. And they look just bad enough where it's like, eh. like you know, like there's they made like Bible Man action figures and um. There's always like these aren't as like those those uh kitschy like walk on water Jesus figure that came out years ago that's like Jesus with wheels on his feet that's just kind of funny. Yeah. These are just like your kids like Funkos, well they like Jesus. Buy this thing at church. So Yeah. Oh, I'm looking these up right now. See now and you know the messed up thing is there actually are uh, various religious toys that are, are fun toys, like the, uh, oh God, what is that? Are they play school or play? The little people. Yeah. That there was a Noah's Ark set that I got for my son when he was really <coughs> little that he absolutely loved. Like he played with this thing constantly and it's a, it's a fun toy. Like, you know, it's a little boat. It's got a bunch of animals and little people and, Man, he he would go on adventures across the living room floor with it all the time. I had one as a kid that was the like the little people with like no arms and no legs or just the pegs. Yes. That was a, a Noah's Ark that I loved. Yeah, I mean it, it was like a boat and it had all the different like two of every animal. The one I had as a kid, it was clearly like something you would find at like do you guys remember the beacon? That religious store that was it yeah. had like it was clearly like a toy you'd find there because it was just like a, a small plastic toy. But it was one of the coolest things because it was just a hollow shell for the Ark. And you could pull the top off, which had like the little hut on there. And it was just two of a bunch of animals. So you had like, and none of them were in scale, but it was like two monkeys, two giraffes, two elephants, lions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you had like a bunch of little figures. And you could just kind of like shove them all in the boat and then snap the top on. And the thing actually floated. So like, I had a lot of fun playing with this as a kid, even though yeah. it was like super cheap hollow plastic. Well, if you I've, want I found uh, the religious pops, they're called they're called just joy. OK. <laughs> well, if you oh. wanted Jesus to stand next to your Batman, Spider-Man, Walking Dead Funko Pops. It's out there. You can Jesus also in the Walking Dead. You could also customized Jesus cosplaying Batman or Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering Hasbro did do, you know, weekend fishing trip Spidey, <laughs> this kind of fits. Oh, man. Okay. 
You guys, I am going to take a break. I have a little meltdown outside the door here. Talk amongst yourselves. I will be back in a few. Already? I'm actually going to run to the bathroom, so I will be right back as well. Okay. <coughs> Which, of course, means it is Werner's alone time. Time for Werner to sit by himself, collect his thoughts, and possibly promote his new 1-900 sexual phone number hotline for sex with Werner. That's right. You too can question the meaning of the universe as you listen to Werner Herzog tell you sensuous tales of the way that many other people can do sexual acts to one another, but I will only dream of because I am in the middle of an existential crisis which does not allow me to have sex with anyone except for myself in a mask of myself. During this time, of course, I will tell you all about the sexual nature of the things that I do to myself. And by that, I mean the things that I imagine I do to myself when you call 1-900-Werner-on-Werner and give yourself an overwhelmingly good time on the phone. If you want a good time, you can call Werner. If you want a good time, you can call her Zog. That's right. I'll hurl your Zog, and it will be amazing. I love when I come back to those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, that one got a little weird. <laughs> I only heard the last, like, 30 seconds. Oh. <laughs> Can wear your zog. <laughs> oh, that's right. I can I can wear your zog. That is funny. So this whole time I've been sitting here just like tooling around with the uh, Revelation Skeletor. Like I, he's such a fun toy. That's the thing. Like I know it's it's not as fun as the Origins figures for the nostalgia factor. Um, because those are really fun to play with as well, but. I don't know. There's just something about him. Like he he looks like a collector piece, but has the right amount of like toyetic properties that you just want to like pose him and play with him. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like I keep having him run up and punch Boba Fett in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the weird blast effect that comes with the um, was it King King Sphinx. Fits really well around the Havoc staff. Oh. So if you if you kind of thread it through the the little holes in the in the King Sphinx um you know blast effect, you can get it so the energy is kind of sitting on either side of the Havoc staff and kind of wrapping around the staff. So it looks Okay. Cool. I'm gonna have to do that. <laughs> That's again one of the things I've been doing the whole time we've been recording. I'm like, ooh, that looks neat. <laughs> I'm back, guys. Sorry. Oh, no worries. I had to, uh, it was going to happen sooner or later, where in the middle of the podcast, my daughter has a meltdown about something. Anyways, all right. And we're back. 
and we have this week's Hall of Fame winner from last week. Big surprise, it's Mosquito. Who beat everybody <laughs> two to one? It wasn't even a contest. Uh, Mindbender and uh, Power Lords got a little love. You know, it wasn't like a total blowout, but um, Mosquito just ate everybody alive, drained the blood out of them, so to speak, mm-hmm. and won brutally. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we all kind of expected that with, with Mosquito because he's such a great figure. Yeah, he really is. Congratulations. I'm so damn excited for that new one. Oh, I know me Congratulations, too. Congratulations, Mosquito. You are filling the very crowded Masters of the Universe wing of the Count Creepyhead Horror Toy Hall of Fame. <laughs> Having said have... that... Go ahead, Mike. I, was, I have a very... Uh, I, I, again, like, like Power Lords, I have another off-the-beaten-path one for this week I'm excited about. Oh. Josh? Uh, I will go with the, I'm going to go with the, the specific, uh, mail away version of Mumra. Oh, oh, oh. I love that toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there, there was something special about that toy. Like he, for me, he doubled for a lot of like wounded villains and villains coming back from the grave. He uh, just he's a great mummy. Yeah. He oh, really absolutely. Is. I yeah, I had that and I didn't have muscly mumra. I had little weak mummy mumra. I had the other way around. I only in fact the only Thundercats toy I had was the muscly mumra <laughs> and I never had the mummy one, but I always wanted it. It was so cool looking. And for as poorly as the effect worked the idea behind those light up eyes was always really cool yes i agree very 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 cool uh yeah mail away mumra that is that is my my choice i love it mike what's your pick for this week well uh it's it's kind of a two-pack but it is skulk and trancula from sectars Oh, the spite that's Trancula, the specifically the tarantula puppet with the cool spider guy that rode on him, Skulk. Um, I got that one year for my birthday and it immediately became my villain for almost every play I had. I mean, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, G.I. Joe, it was a monster alien, you know, like I loved this thing because, again, it's a hand puppet. So you can have it jump on figures and just devour them. Um, And Skulk was so creepy looking. You know, he had the big taloned fingers and taloned feet, the huge pincers on his face. And he came with that really cool sword that looked like it extended out of the hilt, Um, like, you know, in pieces. (laughs) It was really cool. But yeah, I, I loved Sectars. I don't think it gets nearly enough love. Um, I just recently finally opened my Zika toys sectars that I kickstarted years ago that I had, I I had them, you know, in a box for the longest time. Um, cause I didn't have anywhere to set them up and I, I just opened them up this week and my God, I, I want all of them now, but you know, they're too expensive, (laughs) but yes. So Skulk and Trancula. It's about time that sectors got on there. I love that spider puppet. Oh, me too. It's so fun. 
I still have mine. I think I think I used uh, I think I had that spider repeatedly come out of the fright zone cave. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I yep. do too. Same, because it that dragon snake puppet never held up very well. Oh yeah, no, its mouth paint came off like almost immediately. Yeah, like so I had to replace mine quickly, and it's like sectors, of course. Now the sectors, their version, their castle grayscale, that massive hive. Oh god, yeah. Never saw it. I know it exists. And if you ever see it now, it's like a small fortune, but that thing was awesome. I never had the uh, chance to actually play with it. But when I was a kid, one of my friend's older brothers had it. So I got to see it, but we weren't allowed to play with it. (laughs) Yeah. And it was so cool looking. That is the USS flag of (laughs) 80s fantasy toy play sets. Actually, no, that's Eternia, but that's pretty close. I mean, these came out, what, in 85, I think? 85 or 86, I can't remember. Yeah. But it was around the time, I would have been five or six years old, and I remember seeing the the thing, and it was like, the hive was as big as me, just about. <laughs> like, it yeah. was the coolest looking place. And of course, it was made even cooler because we weren't allowed to play with it. It was like, so it was forbidden fruit. But man, such a great toy line that did not get enough love. It didn't. So, should I go with the obvious Masters Universe choice, or should I keep it competitive and pick an off-the-beaten-path choice? Hmm. I mean, it is a Masters episode, but we've also had Masters a lot. (laughs) This is true. this, This one would not be fair. It would just steamroll. I can tell you that now. Bringing the bazooka to the knife fight again. <laughs> yeah, which I guess isn't fun. Um, all right, I am going to go with the Swamp Thing Transducer playset. Oh, that's such oh, a fun playset. That is that... my pick. I think the name is wrong there. Transformation playset? Transducer? Uh, the Transducer, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Transducer playset. Dr. Arcane can turn anybody into a creepy praying mantis with clothes on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an amazing playset uh, from an amazing toy line that I am a massive fan of. Oh, I love that toy line so much. That is my pick. So we have the transducer playset. Mike, what's your pick? Uh, Skulk and Trancula from Sector. Skulk and Trancula and Josh. Uh, see now I'm now I'm thinking about the transducer. Uh, what the hell was my pick? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a two way. Yeah. Uh, oh, the uh, Malloway Mumra. Yes, Malloway yeah, Mumra. See, see, I don't see I'm even brain care farting. About... That's why I was like, I'll trick these guys into saying they're fixed again. Yep. See, I was yeah, I was so distracted thinking about like the bizarreness of that praying mantis figure that that came with. Yeah. But Can these we just are three even picks? Yeah. This is anybody's game. This isn't Mosquito coming in <laughs> like Black Lesnar and just eating everybody alive. So, Mike, you're going to say? No, I was gonna say, uh, can we just take a second to talk about the simplicity of that action feature, but how great it was in so many toys of the turning around the panel and revealing, you know, something hidden, whether it be another figure that it mutated into or like in the Supernatural's place that the gateway to the spirit world, like 
that was such a great and simple gimmick of just pull the switch and flip the panel around. Yeah, it was in that the the Remco Monsters place that had that gimmick. Yep. Like the Beetlejuice toy line. Uh, They even did it in G.I. Joe in Valor vs. Venom with uh, what is it? Um, Venomous Maximus. They had the little chamber where it was like there was the little wimpy looking dude like strapped into it and you put Venomous Maximus on the other side. And then you hit the spin button and it would like whir around and then it would pop out as Venomous Maximus. Uh, he was a great toy. There's a lot of Valor versus Venom characters that are lost to time. Yeah. That were great characters. Venomous Maximus, Scalpel. Yep. Uh, and then what's the next one? Sigma Six had some pretty cool characters too, like Lieutenant Stone, Master of Disguise. Yep. With his eye patch. But... <laughs> and his bionic arm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that that just that place, that feature is just really fun. And I mean, you know, every good place that needs something like an elevator or a trapdoor, you know, but this on its own was a great standalone playset to just have like a transformation feature. Yeah. Or a toy line that ties into an awesome Jim Wynarski movie. You know, (laughs) so Anton Arcane can turn anybody into half man, half praying mantis. (laughs) <laughs> but that's for the boogeyman's closet to put, to cover but <laughs> exactly okay josh anything new at pickman's labs this week or are you on a sabbatical right now no no we're uh, uh i've been been toiling away at a few things some of which i can't talk about yet but uh mainly uh i'm gonna pimp that by the time this goes up it will be uh within the final days to pre-order hen um and i'm gonna make i'm gonna make kind of a big deal announcement okay i'm not sure how much longer creature feature is gonna go for in its same form Uh oh and that's mainly because i've hit that point where once again i'm like i need to up my game something needs to change uh so i'm not entirely sure what that means yet but i've i've definitely it's in my it's in my sights right now. It's I've got my target set on it to change something up. Can you just admit uh, that it's the Pikmin's Labs crowdfunded four hundred dollar void action figure? <laughs> <laughs> it is the life size void action figure. Oh, see, and here I thought we were doing the company picnic playset. Oh, there you go. <laughs> With with potato sack race action feature <laughs> and vo- void cultist dog <laughs> oh void cultist children <laughs> oh little jimmy void cultist little jimmy in his void cultist robe <laughs> mike what's going on at the boogeyman's closet well uh at the time of this recording uh, our newest episode is about to go up it- it'll actually be up in about an hour it's the final episode for our sequels month, which is Sleepaway Camp 2 on Happy Campers. Um, definitely worth a listen because there is some uh, some familiar faces on this one. And, um, oh boy, there's some interesting conversation. <laughs> I forgot huh. about some of the stuff that we talked about <laughs> until I was editing. And my God, I, I was laughing. Um Great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. 
But coming up, we just tallied up the votes for August's picks, which is second chance movies. So now the idea here was that all of these movies almost won in previous months, but got beaten out by something else. While the top winner for this for this month actually had been beaten out twice, uh, but 30 Days of Night. So that definitely came in top. Uh, Surprisingly, right behind it was House by the Cemetery. Awesome. Um, so that I was excited about. And then I did have to use my tiebreaker vote because we had like five ties. So the other ones that will be joining us are Night of the Demons and Motel Hell. Woohoo! Nice. So we are going to have Sweet. a really good month <laughs> for August. Plus there are, uh, well, wait, three specials. Um, we will be taking a week off. Uh, so this this coming week, there will not be a new episode. However, the following week, there will be three. So we're oh. doing doing a little extra work um, because we have some birthdays. There may or may not be a specific uh, holiday for the Boogeyman's Closet that we always do a special for coming up that week. And our first episode for August. So there will be three episodes. Sweet. I wonder what it could be. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys. I wonder if well, it's on a Friday. I think yeah. it might be. There's a special number attached to that. I can't remember. Well, hey, I like surprises. That's a mystery to me. <laughs> Friday the 37th. Friday the 37th. <laughs> Next in a row. What? Sorry, I was channeling Dawn for a minute, weirdly. Wait, I, I know we're about to close this out, but when you said 37, I have to tell you this this little anecdote story. Back when we had Tim Hortons at the hospital, I had I'd worked an overnight. They used to open at six in the morning. So I was getting ready to leave and I'm walking out and the two girls that were working at Tim Hortons, I only overheard part of their conversation where the one girl went 37 and I couldn't help it. It was like verbal diarrhea. I just turned and went in a row. And they just <laughs> stared at me. Like, obviously, they were way too young for this movie. <laughs> and I just skulked away with my tail between my legs like, oh, God, I can't believe I did that. That was totally worth it. <laughs> that is the only proper way to respond to that number. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, guys, this has been Count Creepyhead and the Masters of Saturday Morning, our very special episode seven. Thank you for listening. This is Mike saying goodbye. Wait, am I? Who says? Am I copying your your closing again? Not really. It, it's similar enough. I right. I always say, as this, always, this is Mike saying goodbye. <laughs> all, right, all right. This is. I'm Mike. Saying ta for now. <laughs> Mike saying goodbye. This is Josh. I'm going away into the toilet. <laughs> See you guys. Bye.
Ma-ha-ha. Count, I've never followed you before. I haven't the time for it. No, Count, not even you will remember that you spelt Creepyhead with a K to avoid being sued by Play-Doh. Count, Facebook and Instagram likes please you, so grant me my friend request. And if you do not listen, to hell with you!